This is the PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche. With your host, Brooke Burns. Today I'm joined by Hayley Cole from Stella. Welcome. Hello, Brooke. I think it's fair to say one of the key attributes of a great PR is being able to manage your time. And it doesn't matter what sector of PR you work in, where you are based in the world or how experienced a PR practitioner you are, it's an essential component of being an effective PR. Why is time management so important? Oh, the age-old debate about time <laughs> in PR. Look, it is. there's no denying it's really important, particularly it's important across the board, time management. Um, I think it's extra important in the world of agencies where you have to work across multiple things at any given time. Um, look, I hate to sound contradictory. However, I think there's, there's kind of time management and then there's the time billing. So mm-hmm. I think from my experience from Agency World and to put context around that for anyone who may not understand that yet, there's managing your time and getting through your work and there's timesheets in the yeah. old welcome to timesheets. So I think timesheets is all about recording every increment of your day and essentially making sure that we're accountable for the work that we do and deliver to our client and, and keeping the servicing of those clients manageable for the agency. I have two different lines of thought around that. I think it can work really well and it's critical for certain types of clients. Um, For others... In terms of the time billing? In terms of time billing. Mm -hmm. um, I think some clients really like it because it makes it really transparent as to where what they've paid for in terms of their time and then ultimately the output. Um, As PRs evolved and the service offerings of what we deliver has evolved, we have found at Stella that we are doing a lot more value-based pricing. So I think particularly when we're looking at kind of social media, content creation briefs, that sort of thing, it it doesn't work as well with the time-based model. I mean, with social, obviously, it's it's an always-on tool um, and there are different efficiencies in different levels within the agency. So to kind of come up with a flat hourly rate for something like social doesn't really work and it's taken us a bit of time to arrive to that, but we, we feel pretty confident about how we've nailed it now. Um, so traditionally, when I entered PR, it was all time-billing, time-billing, time-billing. Um, used to drive certain people mad because it's it's great if you're probably like us, Brooke, if you're good administratives <laughs> and you, you enjoy, you know, you get a little thrill off Logging entering your hours. Yep. But there are some PRs that really don't dig it. Yeah. And it's just a constant battle to kind of chase them for that time. So I think it's a bit of a mixture. But at the back end of agency land, it's really important to understand where each of your time, where sorry, where each of your staff members are spending their time. Absolutely. And, and making sure that we're estimating fairly so that workload is balanced. It's really important to... I think, to at least log it, to know how long it takes you to do things. I mean, even when it comes to planning out your day, I might have it on there, right, immediate release, right. Well, I know that takes me about an hour and a half to write the first draft and then I might come back to it for another 45 minutes, an hour the next day, and then it's done. So in total, a media release will take me two and a half to three hours. It may take a junior person five or six or eight hours. And you may need to split it up over a couple of days because you need to come back to it. So you need to, even if you don't have it at your agency as a system, I think it's really important, especially when you're first starting out, to keep track of those things. I agree. And I think it's really important when you start out to be proactive. So yes, track your time and get a really solid understanding of how long it takes you personally to do things because it takes time to build efficiencies. So to your point, it would take an account exec a lot longer to write a press release than it would take someone that's been doing it for kind of five years. So um, get to know your strengths and how long it takes you to achieve your tasks. And I think that's the key to then being able to challenge 
the time given to you. And we encourage, we've always encouraged our team to do that. We So we do a capacity planner at the beginning of every month, which is essentially looking at how much time should be spent on each of our clients. And we split it out amongst the team and we share that forecast with everybody. So when we share it, the idea is that people will read it and then they will come back to us and challenge anything that they don't believe is right. So that's their window of opportunity to say, if you don't want to be working, you know, if you want to be able to achieve your work within your hours allocated to you, to put your hand up and say, Hayley, you're mad if you think that task is going to take me two hours. I'm telling you right now it's going to take me five. So to break that down a little bit, so let's say um, you've got 30 hours on a particular client and there's three people working across that. So you might give, let's say, a junior 20 hours and then um, the next person eight hours and then two hours from an account director. And then would it be broken down into, right, that junior needs to do these particular tasks this month, they need to write a media release, they need to do this, blah, blah, blah. Is that how how it kind of is positioned? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. And... um, I think the other thing, though, which we are very aware of is that it does take, as I mentioned, it takes that time to build the efficiencies. So when we're allocating client hours out amongst our team, it's a balance. So it's giving them hours that are realistic because otherwise the agency will fall apart if we're not forecasting realistic hours or people will work too many hours and they'll get burnt out or, you know, the likes Mm. of that. However, I think it's also important to, as an agency, ethically, to absorb some of that time that goes into upskilling. So Absolutely. I think, um, you know, we, we would over allocate and overestimate our hours with new team members or with junior members to make sure that they've got enough time to do a task well, but that the client isn't absorbing the cost mm, of that. Definitely. I couldn't agree more with that one. And look, I think when it comes to general time management, so outside of billing, no one can be expected to remember everything that they need to do. I mean, I, I have been working PR for 20 years now and every day I still look at my tasks for that day. I reassess, you know, I'd put in whatever, 20 things for today, but those 20 things would take me 18 hours. So that clearly can't happen. So I'll reassess at the start of the day or maybe I'll do it the night before so I can start the day. So I'm 20 years in and still apply all those task management principles daily. So this you're never going to escape from this. It is better to create a system now that works for you than just keep on stumbling along because it's going to be a real roadblock for you. Yeah, I that's so important because it is and I still have my system that I write my notebook probably I do about three different lists a day because I feel good when I write a list um <laughs> look I think everyone comes up with a different system but yeah. the principles are what's important so the what my my advice is usually look at the week ahead and look at what you've got to achieve that week and then break it down into days so you're giving yourself more manageable deadlines but also allow some time in that day for unforeseen things to pop up because Mm -hmm. I think that's where time management is most important. We can plan based on what we know and think we have to do. What we can't plan for are the little emergencies or, you know, the crisis or the unexpected or you're helping someone else out with their media you might send have to out, help or someone else out, mm-hmm. or a client calls up with a totally new brief that's you know not planned for whatsoever, but you have to jump on it straight away. So that's something that becomes quite urgent mm-hmm. as well as important, and it needs to be prioritised. So some of the things that were on your list may not mm. rank as highly anymore. So I think the, as long as you can plan as best you can to meet those deadlines you know about, you'll have more room in your day to be able to pick up and adapt really quickly. Or proactively, you might see something, a headline pop up on SMH that you think, oh my God, that's so relevant for our client right now. So you need to be able to jump on that quite quickly. Mm. So I think as much as we spend time planning <laughs> in yes. PR, you can't always plan for your your days, what they're going to look like. And I think what you can sometimes forget, especially when you're in the first uh, few years of your PR career, is 
that your tasks may have a flow and effect to somebody else. You may be doing the first element of that task, but somebody else is doing the next element. So you may be putting together the media list for a pitch and then somebody else is pitching. And if you are a few hours or a couple of days late in doing that list of media, that is then going to impact when that person can pitch. And that person may have to pitch on a Wednesday morning or they may have to pitch on a certain date. So having an understanding of the fact that your tasks may impact other people, I think, is often forgotten. Uh, Yeah, it is. And I think this is where those kind of junior level, entry level account execs, senior account exec, even account manager roles are really challenging because you're kind of responsible for managing your own workload, but also to some extent managing up. So, you know, and when I say managing up, it's about making sure that the people above you are getting things back to you by when you need them by, but also making sure you're meeting your deadlines and giving them enough time to review. I think Mm -hmm. particularly press releases are kind of one of those things that a client might have a due date for a press release that's Friday, but really it should be with your manager by Wednesday to give them enough time to review it, send it back to you. You can make your changes and it's with the client in plenty of time ahead of their deadline. Because mm. so- what you wouldn't understand is what the next person, let's say your manager's priorities are. So it's all good and well that you've got it to them by end of day Wednesday and you want it to be come back to you Thursday morning, but they've got their whole list of priorities. And the reality is that one can be pushed back to Thursday afternoon for them. So therefore you're not going to get it back in time. So communication is so important yeah, in terms it, it of really is. whether you can meet your deadline, like you said, whether you need more time to start off. And it's better to know upfront that you need eight hours to write a media release versus the three hours you've been given, then get to that day and go, well, I don't, I just don't have enough time to be able to write this. So yeah. And yeah. Se- senior management need to communicate that to their team as well. So I, I mean, I may not always be successful at this, but I certainly try to let everybody know that, you know, if I've got a big day of meetings on the Thursday, if there's anything due to me, can I have it Wednesday so that I've got plenty of time to get it back to them? Absolutely. Um, so we touched on your system. So you use a notebook system, do you? I use a notebook. So talk me I through tried, how, how you work. It's not overly fancy. <laughs> I've tried many different things. We use Google Drive a lot, mm-hmm. Google Whips for clients now. So it's all live and interactive and that's a great kind of client communication tool. My personal kind of preference for my own time management is a little bit old school and it's a notebook and a pen and a <laughs> highlighter. Um, so like I've tried different things. We've tried a tool called Monday, which we use again kind of online for team whips. And that was something we trialed during COVID to just keep communication flow clearer. That worked quite well, but I tend to always pull my tasks offline and write them down because that's just how I work best. And do you write down your tasks for a week? Do you write and then you adjust them per day? How do you how do you kind of Yeah, I do. So that? I I look at what I've got to do achieve this week and then I look at what I've got on each day, which days are quite meeting heavy or which day I might have something come with one of the kids that I'm going to have to be a bit more involved in and offline for those, for the, those few hours of the day. So um, looking at the week ahead and then breaking it up into daily to-do lists. I also like to do it at the end of every day. So when I mm-hmm. wake up the next morning and come into my desk, it's all really clear as to what I have to achieve. And then you day. would have, I guess, an overarching list of things that needs to be achieved. Yeah, yeah. So we have like essentially Excel work in progress documents, which yep. all now live online, which are relevant. We've got a stellar one, we've got client ones. So that breaks down the 
focus for each client mm-hmm. and then we pull like I pull from that. individually what my gotcha. roles are off that to make yep. sure I'm delivering on my component mm. of each of those. Okay. So I um I use Outlook Tasks for mine. So I used to be a oh, massive fancy. I am super fancy. <laughs> um so I used to be a massive notebook thing, lists every day, highlight the top, blah 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 blah. So now I have learned to use Outlook Tasks and I won't lie, it did take probably a couple of hours to get my head around it and then obviously practice makes you better at using it but it allows for those that haven't used it before it allows you to um, create categories so I have a category for each of my client names and then I put in every task so at the start of a campaign um, I put together the list of all the components of that campaign and there may be um so let's say copywriting, I might have to write key messages, I might have to write a spokesperson bio, I might have to write a media release. And then for event management, I've got to create a list to be approved by the client for a media event. I've got to um, source a stylist, I've got to find a location. So essentially every single task associated with that whole campaign goes into Outlook tasks and gets given a date of when it's due. So every single thing at any one time. And then obviously that is added to as things come in and out. So you can sort Outlook tasks by day, by week, by next week, by month. So at any one time, I can just click on that client's name. So it's, a, it's a project management tool, essentially. It is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think it sounds quite similar to Monday, right. which we use for a couple of clients. Mm-hmm. And we've got a stellar one that we've set up as well. Yep. So um, yeah, and that's a relatively new thing. We actually introduced that more at the beginning of COVID mm-hmm. when we were all working remotely and not having those daily conversations. And can conversations. you delegate? That's one of the things Outlook Task does is you can delegate. So I can create and say, right, yes, media release, but I delegate that to you, you to write delegate, and there's a deadline. You can kind of have live, live chats and grouping mm. and colour codes, very similar. Yeah. So for me, that I works really, little, really well. little high off crossing. Crossing things off. Of yeah. Well, so for me, it used to be that. Now I get a high off deleting it so it disappears. Oh, so, you know, too. if I get to that's the end of the day too. and then now there's zero things on that list or I'm only carrying over one or two things and there's yeah. that sense and of look, satisfaction. And look, I think for us, we've, we're, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. So we're very good at prioritizing. I think for, um, you know, entry level PRs, it, take, it can take time. It can be Absolutely. really hard to get your head around how to prioritize. So, We have, what we've usually done is everyone at a junior level is allocated a line manager within the agency. So someone senior to them and usually someone that works across a a good chunk of their accounts with them. And we would do a Monday catch up. So every Monday Mm -hmm. they'd sit with their line manager and they'd go, help, this is my giant to-do list. How do I prioritize it? Help me manage someone else in the agency that thinks this is urgent. I might not think it's so urgent and break it up into those weekly kind of daily task lists. And I think that ties in really well to my next question, which was around how you allocate time for doing each task. And you kind of touched on the system that you guys use at Stella, which is very proactive in that you essentially allocate the time. And of course, your staff members can come back and say, yep, that sounds fine. Or no, you haven't allowed enough time. Um, There may be agencies or companies you work out where they don't do that for you. And they just say, right, you've got to do that. So what guidance would you have for people that work in a workplace where you're not provided with a guide of how long it should take something? Because really that's how you put your day together is knowing, right, well, that's going to take me five hours. That's going to take me 15 minutes. So what advice would you have for those people that don't have that structure in place? Look, I think if you don't have some kind of structure in place around time management, it'll fall apart pretty quickly. So I think you'll find you're not doing your job well 
you're not getting your job done. The kind of two things that might be on your list that you haven't achieved in the day are suddenly 10 things you haven't achieved in a day. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the kind of the little red flags to look for. And that's when you really need to address it. And look, you can ask team manager. members, you know, if you're not getting that direction, then ask a colleague or go back to your manager and say, look, can you give me some guidance on what you, what time frame you think I would take to do this? And they'll say, yeah, sure. It'll do, you know, allocate X for this and X for that. And, and especially if you're working in-house, you're not necessarily working to this billing. We're probably not working to this billing style. So you don't have to keep track of your hours like you do in agency world. So I would chat to your manager and put together that time frame. I know I had a account executive a number of years ago and she became very, very anxious with not being able to manage her time. She couldn't adapt to things coming in or something taking her longer. So we sat down weekly, like you've suggested mm-hmm. doing, and worked through the week and I would get her to estimate how much time it would take to do each task and I would get her to put it in brackets next to that task. And so she would be able to go, right, my Wednesday I've actually got 18 hours worth of work there. So she could see in advance where the issues were going to be. And then she could say to me or the relevant manager for that particular client, what can I move away till she got more comfortable with having her own system? She hadn't spent time at the start of that day going, right, let's readdress that list yeah, that I created right. on Monday. You have Monday. to invest that time to save mm. the time ultimately. Yeah. Um, I think the other tool that, I remember using when I was starting out, and this kind of happens a bit more naturally and organically now, was the time management matrix. So the four quadrants of time management. I don't know this one. It's um, it's really great. It's your four squares and you've got important and urgent. Mm-hmm. You've got important but not urgent. And then you've got not important but urgent. Not important <laughs> but urgent. It sounds very confusing, so you'll have to put this on your show notes. But essentially what it's helping you do is categorise each of those tasks to, prior, to be able to prioritize mm. them. So the ones that you would prioritize are important and urgent. Mm-hmm. And these are often things like crises or emergencies, um, things that are followed by things that are important but not urgent. And they are kind of prevention, planning and improvement. Then you've got not important but urgent. And those are the things that usually interrupt you. So they're things that you haven't, might not even actually be on your list yet, but things yeah. that pop up in the day that yep. are like, oh, these aren't important, but unfortunately they require my attention. Um, and then you've got not important and not urgent, which are time wasters. Yeah. And they can, and they may sit on your list day by day, week by week and just kind of get dragged they, along. That's right. So it just helps to kind of put your mind into mm. urgent and important mode. That's a really good way of thinking about it. I was going to say the way I go about it is I do the most annoying task at the start of the day, because if I oh, don't the eat the frog, first. Eat the frog. exactly. <laughs> and that works for me because I can spend the whole day going, Oh, I don't want to do this job, which means my whole day is in my mind going, Ugh, versus spending an hour or two hours going, Ugh, and then it's gone. And then I'm doing things that I enjoy a little bit more than that one. So, yeah. but I like the, the admin um, side of me loves your concept to be able to break that down specifically and go, right, well, these fit into each of those categories. And that's a great way of tackling it. Yeah. It's really, it's really helpful. It's mm. really helpful. And look, you may need to at, the start of your career put those in little brackets next to each task so you can work out what is that and then as you get more experience you'll just know by glancing through that list okay I'm going to put a red flag next to those three things because they are the you know important and they're urgent and then everything else will have an orange flag and then the ones down the bottom have a purple flag or something so it does come back to having a system that works for for you yes and being disciplined with it so I mean to your point about mornings um I know for me I gravitate to my inbox 
I also know that I could be there for hours. So yeah. if I have a strategy that's due, um, something that's really urgent and important, it's certainly kind of the thing that I open up first. It's a little bit like Instagram. You open it and you know, five hours <laughs> later, who knows where you've ended up. So I think you just need to be aware of those weaknesses and time wasters yeah. and prioritise the important things. So what do you feel are the biggest mistakes or issues graduates have when it comes to time management? Certainly for me, it's not assessing how long it will take to do each task in advance. And absolutely, there should be some communication with your manager about that, but not appreciating that you've got to think about that in advance. Yes, it's it's not appreciating that you've got to think about it. That's a big mistake. It's mm. probably underestimating the importance of it. Mm-hmm. So get your head around how important it is because it'll only help you to work more efficiently and get your jobs done quicker. Um, and the second one off the back of that, which I think I've, I've kind of raised, is just not challenging your mm-hmm. seniors on the time they allocate mm-hmm. you because it's all, you know, to some level, it's guesswork at the beginning of the month where we're looking at it and we're thinking, we think this is going to take you this long. We think that's going to take you that long. So there's some looseness in it, um, if particularly for new team members who you haven't quite worked out the speed at which they do things. So I think you need to learn your capacity and never be afraid to put your hand up and say mm. to your director, I think you've got this wrong. I think I need a little bit more time to achieve this task. And then I think if we realise, well, you know, after a certain fair amount of time, it's still taking a little bit too long, we can address that issues and give you some extra training or support to make sure that we're, you know, getting you up to Absolutely. Speed. And on that point of communicating with your manager, it's also really important to um, to speak up in advance. Let's say you are doing a task and you're in the media yes. release and it's meant to take you five hours and it's taken you, it's meant to take you two hours, it's taking you seven hours. And that means you can't get to the other things on your list. Then you need to say to your manager, look, it's taken me a really long time because of ABC and it's going to impact the rest of my day. Is that going to be a problem? They'll have a look through your tasks and go, nope, it's fine. Spend all the time you need. Or actually, we're going to have to move that media release to somebody else because that needs to be done by the end of That's the day. It. Be or... aware of your deadlines. And if you're yep. creeping up to a deadline, don't be afraid to put your hand up and say help before it's too yeah. late. <laughs> yeah. Or just a heads up that I'm not going to be able to do this in time and is that okay? And yep. sometimes it will be totally fine and other times it will not be. And either you'll have to come up with a solution or somebody else will help you uh, work out what the, what the best thing is to do. One thing that I think people don't do well is breaking down a a project or a task there may be multiple elements as part of it so maybe it's writing a media release well you don't just sit down and write a media release you've got to gather your information Mm. so that may take you one and a half hours on a monday Um, you may need to get a spokesperson's bio or write a spokesperson's bio in advance of that media release and that may take you half an hour it may take you three hours you may have to sit down and interview the ceo to get the information you may have to Um, engage with that product it could be a new collection of beauty products and you need to actually look at them and feel them and see what they look like etc so all of that takes time in advance of actually sitting down and spending however long you need to spend on the media release and people don't factor factor that in so I would I mean again I'm pretty anal when it comes to my little tasks and stuff but I would go okay right well I need to spend two hours researching this I want to spend 15 minutes playing around with that product or maybe it's a venue I've got to make sure I go and see that venue because I can't write a media release without actually visualizing what that new bar looks like so breaking down all the little elements and then putting those maybe it's over one day maybe it's over a couple of days that you need to do that in advance of that final task but you'll feel like you're achieving more because you can tick off these little things as you go along yeah and i, I mean we use a system called harvest which is you know really user friendly for capturing our time um and we, we've had people who 
there's a little timer, so they'll set the timer for every single time. They'll answer a phone call, set the timer, allocate it to a client. <laughs> they'll write a little note in their book, set the timer, took me X amount of minutes or seconds. Or So we've got people that thrive off that and mm. then there's others that, um, that struggle with it a bit more. So I think it's learning to understand your relationship with time. Yes. And working through that because it's it's a bit unavoidable. And and how you go about doing things. Like I know I can sit down for three hours and write a media release and I don't get up, I don't get distracted, etc. My partner who doesn't work in PR, he's in law, he cannot sit down for three hours and do any kind of task. It, it's too much for him. He needs to have a break and maybe do another quick task that's going to take 10 minutes or get a coffee or or go have a chat to someone. His brain just can't work by sitting down and working and mine can. So again, I think it's about recognising what your weaknesses are in, in achieving tasks and trying to uh, think in advance of how you can perhaps achieve that effect more effectively. Yeah, and set up some good discipline around that too. And I think, again, um, you know, at Stella, we are supportive of different people's ways of working as well I think you know some people work really well in the morning they choose to come in early some people work better at night so I think there's no one-size-fits-all approach to productivity Um, what I do think kind of is really important with productivity that is across the board is having those regular breaks from your screen so do your work but where you can get up go for a quick walk around the block Um, you know I think we look we try and encourage people to take a lunch break doesn't always happen because you kind of get in the middle of something you don't want to step up and move away but I think movement I have learned as I get older as well Mm. is and and, you know my time working in an office environment movement's really important for productivity so you can't expect to sit at a desk and not move for eight hours straight and produce your best work Mm, absolutely and I guess to keep on going down that list of tips Uh, One thing I would say is that if you work in a larger team and you've got a couple of chatty team members and you really need to do something, (laughs) then just give them a heads up (laughs) and say, hey, I've got to write a media release in the next two hours. Can we keep your chat about how your date went last night to lunch break? And you don't have to do it in a serious, formal way, but they may not be aware. They may be the kind of person that can come. And I'm, I'm certainly like that. I can come in and out of a task very easy. I'd be writing media release, come out, chat to someone about their date and come back into it. Whereas I know colleagues can't, they need to stay a hundred percent focused. Otherwise they get distracted and they lose their train of thought. So yeah. just be, just be vocal. Just be vocal and, and communicate, tell people where you're at and what you need for that moment in time. We, you know, the other, the other thing is headphones. I think they can be a funny one in the office. Mm. Um, you know, I don't love them. No. I mean, it's just me now, but I don't love them in an office. Yeah, look, I think we're a pretty tight-knit team who have all worked together for a really long period mm-hmm. of time So, and we know each other well. So yes. there's certainly no issues with, you know, there's certain people in the team that need to stick their little pods in so that they can yeah. get into the zone and that's fine. I think at times where the agency has been bigger and there's a few different personalities into play, the louder people might look at the quieter people with their headphones in and think that they're being a little bit rude Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, not communicating well with their team and listening to what else is happening in the office because the bigger personalities like that constant open communication, Mm -hmm. the quieter ones need to go into their zone. And look, the other thing with headphones is I certainly wouldn't encourage them when you're in the first couple of months of doing a position because you need to develop trust with your team managers and your managers that you are doing the job 
as you should be doing. My initial reaction, if someone's got headphones on, especially if they're brand new to the job, is are they listening to a podcast? Are they actually doing the job they're meant to? But if, you, if you've proved time and time again you do exactly what you should be doing in the time frame, then, yeah, I really couldn't care less whether you've got headphones on or not. But I would certainly make sure you prove your value and your worth before you start doing that because it can give the wrong and impression. And just tap your boss on the shoulder and say, hey, just so you know, these are going in for a minute because I just kind of need to block out some yes. of the external Communication. noise. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I think is a good thing to do is uh, turn off your email alerts. So you can, um, I mean, I use Outlook, but I imagine most systems must be quite similar. So you can turn off the alerts so you don't, A, hear a noise, B, see a little envelope pop up. So if you are writing a media release and you keep on seeing these little envelopes coming up, I know what I'm like. I'm like, well, I better check yeah, that, that to see if it's something more interesting or something I've got to do. But The reality is you can just maybe check in every half an hour or every hour. And I guess, look, if you're working on something that is very time sensitive, sure, check your emails as and and when you need to. But if you're sitting down doing a project, then turn them off and you'll find that it enables you to get through your task a lot more easily. Great tip. And look, you've kind of touched on this one a little bit, but I think certainly while you're in the early stages of establishing time management systems, I think your manager would really appreciate if you came in 15 minutes early or stayed back 15 minutes late just to get on top of your tasks for the day. No one wants you to be working above and beyond when you don't have to. And ultimately, you you won't need to spend additional time managing your tasks as you get more proficient at it. But if you're still getting your head around it and it takes you a little while to work out your priorities and what you need to do in a day and how long you need to do it, just take some extra time out and I think your manager will uh, think a lot of you for doing that. Yeah, and look, I think it just it benefits you ultimately to give yourself a bit of time, kind of set your intentions for the day, have a cup of tea, get in the zone and then start your working day. Yep. And look, if the reality is there's a lot of chit-chat when you get to the office and people are debriefing on their night before or their weekend, etc., they can chew up an hour of your time or you, you all get there at 8.30 and then you go walk to the cafe and get a coffee and then you chat and then you come back and then you flick through a newspaper and it's 9.15, 9.30 and that's an hour down of your day. And sure, that may be fine in some circumstance, but if you've got a lot of things to get through in that day, that hour is crucial. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, it is just about knowing how you work, mm. knowing what you can achieve. I mean, my, my personal kind of philosophy is as long as you get your work done, I don't, I'm not a big believer in people staying with the culture of staying back mm. because you should stay back. I and agree. I think I've worked places like that before where it was kind of, you know, six o'clock and God forbid you stand up and leave your desk before six o'clock. Stella's never been that sort of agency. And again, I attribute that to kind of Marguerite's culture that she set and established back in the early days of, of business Um, which is really just about, look, work efficiently, Mm. get the job done. And if you can do that within nine to five, whatever your contract, please do. That's our preference. We want you to have a life. We don't want you to burn out. Regular holidays, I think, are important as well to Mm -hmm. keep people fresh. Um, But it's, it's about knowing you and how you work best. And we've had people work with us before that know they work better of an evening. So they might fluff around a little bit in the day because that's just not when they're at their most productive, but they'll choose to stay back and do their work when they do have that in them. So I think it's understanding from top what the what the position of your agency or business is that you work for and um, addressing any concerns you have about how you would personally fit in with those systems. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Okay, look, I think we covered a lot in this episode and hopefully you have picked up at least a few new tips to help you manage your time a little better. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And if you want to recap on any of these tips, you'll find a summary of them on the show notes page for this episode on the website. 
Thanks for listening to the PR Pod. For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.